0: Hello and welcome back to the Wungo U.S. Soccer Podcast. I want to thank everyone for their patience. We finally have a guest to announce. Today we'll be joined by Austria Veens, Eric Palmer-Brown, to talk all things U.S. soccer, maybe talk a little bit of his club situation growing up, and his opinion on who the fastest player is between him, Josh Sargent, and Cameron Carter-Vickers. So George, we'll start how we always start. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing absolutely wonderful today. There's so much to be happy about, so I'm great.
0: What are you happy about, man? I'm just happy.
1: Every day, there's just a new, exciting prospect to be excited about. Obviously, we have to talk about Caden Clark. He signs a contract in the morning. That night, he's already scoring game winners. Then a couple days later, he goes out and scores a banger with his left foot. Youngest player in MLS history to score in their first two games. Team of the week, both his first two weeks. It's just absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, dude, Caden Clark is nuts. We'll actually plug that interview in the uh, episode notes, so definitely check that out. I'm very excited about Caden K- Clark, and it's also been reported that he signed his first contract, like you mentioned, and then he's off to Leipzig in 2022. So that's great for him. That's great for U.S. soccer, and I'm I'm excited, man. He he looks to be a serious player. That banger he hit yesterday, dude. That was that was nuts. That was. A legitimate, like golazo, you know, and there's also another one, Mark McKenzie, an absolute rocket. You pointed out that it was a deflection, but I think it was on frame no matter what. So we give him the credit, and that was an absolute piss missile. So I'm, I'm happy for Mark, and everything seems to be trending up. I guess we should also mention that Weston McKinney was announced that he does have COVID 19 or tested positive for COVID 19. So we do send our best thoughts and prayers towards Weston, hope he does recover soon and hopefully he is ready for that november camp if in fact it does happen it looks like it could be against games with australia and possibly wales again that hasn't been confirmed but that's what i was looking at shout out serginio des for that information but george man what else is going on with you
1: um i think there's just so many names we could mention we talked about mark mckenzie we talked about Caden clark you'd stay at philadelphia union anthony fontana scored again Brendan Aronson assisting. You look at San Jose Earthquakes. They've been doing well. JT Martinkowski finally getting a shot in goal. Jackson Yule holding it down. Cade Cowell, another assist yesterday. Nick Lima, outside back, gets two goals. Like, there's just so many things to be happy about. It's actually amazing that every day there's another player, another prospect to talk about.
0: You didn't even get to mention that Jonathan Klinsman got his first start for the Galaxy, man. Come on. How dare you skip out on him? And It didn't go so well, so
1: maybe that's why I didn't mention it.
0: Yeah, that's true. It was a 4-0 loss. But also, Freddie Adu, he's in the Swedish third tier. He's back, baby. Should we call him up? I think for the culture, you have to. Dude, could you imagine if Freddie Adu?
1: For the culture, you absolutely have to
0: it would be great but you know I, i'm excited like you said there's just a lot going on you know we heard the weston mckinney news and i was like all right finally some bad news like we we, we need some bad news you know um but again i'm not rooting for bad news of course but you know I, i'm really am so excited because yeah no i i, I am really excited myself as well like there's just always so many things trending up it seems like every week there's a new story but you see brian reynolds just comes in big bad brian comes in and you know no big deal We forget that reggie can even played for fc dallas so like I don't know. Who, who are some guys you're like, dude, I forgot that guy was good. I forgot that guy was
1: good. I mean, I talked about Brian Reynolds when, when um, Reggie Cannon was still there, when he was maybe moving, I said, Brian Reynolds is next up. We were talking about the guys who you'd want to see in some of these camps coming up. And I mentioned that Brian Reynolds was to have a breakout soon. So, you know, not to say I predicted it, but I did predict it. I think looking at FC Dallas this season they haven't necessarily played as many of the young guys as we thought or given them as many minutes as we thought. But I've thought the past couple of games, Tanner Tessman's been playing very well. He's still a young player, just turned 19, but he's playing at the holding midfield role. And just his ability to switch the ball with both feet has been very impressive for me.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Tanner Testman is definitely someone, I think, as like a deep-lying six, potentially, he could do that. He's also can play as an eight. And talking about deep-lying sixes, unfortunately, we have to report – that James Sands broke his foot. It looks like he'll be missing the rest of the season. And I'm, I'm really – that's an unfortunate timing for that injury. So, I'm like, he was really getting in great shape. It was in great form. It was really coming into his own for NYCFC. Man, that one sucks. Yeah, for me, obviously, it's disappointing. But the one bright
1: side is they said that he is probably out for the season. So, I would think if there is a January camp, he would be fit for that. And he's somebody who not only should get called up, but should be getting minutes right away in that. So I'm excited for him to come back stronger and get his first cap hopefully in
0: January. Yeah, man, I agree. We're wishing for you to have a good, speedy recovery. That is you, James Sands. And also, you know, Keaton Parks looked pretty good. You know, I remember people talked about him when he was playing in the reserves for Benfica. Like, is he going to break through? But, you know, what do you think about Keaton Parks? Is he someone that should be on the radar, could push himself into the radar? I think
1: that's a pretty good answer to your previous question of, you know, forgotten guys. Uh, during those days, where it seemed like everybody was getting called up, you had Keaton Parks make his debut, Matt Olis Sunday make his debut, Luca Torre make his debut. So many guys who've kind of fallen f- so far out of that picture. So it's nice for Keaton Parks to have a little bit of resurgence. He's getting minutes in that midfield. NYCFC had Zalalem, Keaton Parks, Juan Torres, all these young, you know, youth players who. You know, all were all were short in the mix and weren't getting too many minutes. So to see Keenan Parks kind of differentiate, differentiate himself from that group and get those minutes is absolutely great.
0: And it's exciting to see where he goes from here. I definitely agree. I guess one other thing we should touch on before we get to our interview with Eric Palmer Brown, um, we should talk about Jens Kajus. And I don't know if you know much about Jens Kajus, but he's a Swedish uh, youth international. And so we played with them at the under 21 level. And apparently Tab Ramos reached out to him during the U-20 stages and wanted to bring him in because he was not born in the US, um, but he spent a lot of his childhood here. And so they were trying to figure out like how to get this guy's citizenship. And at the time, we, we couldn't get it for him. For whatever reason there was some reason why it didn't work out. And so apparently US Soccer has reevaluated the rule that previously made him ineligible, which they were thinking at the time, he'd have to spend two years here so like get a loan with an MLS team to establish residency, citizenship, what have you. I'm not an expert in that. But or they found a new loophole and he could be eligible for the U.S. right away. So he left the Swedish U21 camp. He actually has three competitive appearances for them. And so I'm not exactly sure what his like overall potential looks like, but do you have any thoughts on that possibility of him potentially joining the setup? I think it's, it's just credit to
1: where we are as a national team right now that we have a Swedish dual national who plays for a Champions League team, FC Michelin. It did the fact that we're saying, "Oh, that's cool, yeah," I guess I guess it's nice to have him in the mix. When five years ago we would say, "Call this guy up, start him at the six, goodbye, Michael Bradley." That's Ten years good. ago, we'd have probably made him captain by his second or third cap. So that just goes to show you right now that we're saying, "Oh, this guy who plays for a Champions League club, we're stealing him from a European, you know, decent European team." I guess we'll take him. I guess we'll give him a look. And I think that
0: is just such a credit to where we are with our development right now. Yeah. No, I got to give credit to Greg Berhalter. You know, everyone's quick to dump on him, but he, he said a lot of good things. And I think this week he said another good thing uh, that was talking about, like how we want to get our players in the champions league and like our success will show if we have players in the champions league, but going back to Kajus, I think uh, definitely is someone you want to bring in, you know, get a look to see what you have. And I think, allowing the switch to happen as long as the switch happens in november he's someone that i would bring in just to give him that look and there's like a courtesy call up you know to say like dude if you're willing to file your one-time switch to represent us we're gonna at least call you in for this time to give you the chance to make it worth it you know what i mean because he can't go back
1: yeah i think definitely he's somebody who gets called up in november and it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where we go from here because i guess you can never have too many prospects
0: Yeah, apparently we have too many nowadays, which we we might. But I guess it's a good opportunity to transition to our interview with Eric Palmer-Brown. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think we had a really great conversation with Eric. He seems like a great guy. His head's on the right way. He's having a great year in Austria, second year in Austria. And he's definitely one of the many up-and-coming center backs for the U.S. youth national teams and U.S. men's national teams, for that matter. So I'm very excited to talk with Eric. And without further ado, should I just plug our interview with Eric? Let's get to it. When you were eighteen you were in Porto and you did very well there so tell me about that experience
2: yeah no, so it was uh it was tough at times I think at the beginning um moving to a new like culture a new country with a new language and um different or new teammates and everything it was it was tough at times where being in Kansas City um at home in my comfort zone was definitely like a lot easier and I think moving outside of that comfort zone really helped me develop as a player in general. I wasn't playing a lot at sport in Kansas City. So like at the time it was it was uh I think a great move for me to go try to get playing time. But uh you know I got there uh mid season for them. So it was like in January I think. And they were in first place of the second division and I got there and Uh, So it was kind of tough to like break into the team. But like once I broke in and we were playing well, I think for me it was some of the best soccer I played in my career. And um, I really enjoyed it like on the pitch, but off the pitch, it was a little more difficult like making friends. And uh, besides my teammates, uh, just making friends and uh, like going out because I didn't speak the language and stuff like that. So that's something I learned, you know, being in Europe, that it wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't going to be – like, a walk in the park being, like, six hours, seven hours ahead of my friends and
0: family back home. Going back to your experience in So you said, like, the challenge was definitely socially, and also, was there any challenges, like, tactically? Was it a big difference in terms of, like, the raw training structure compared to Sporting Kansas City?
2: More technically. We did a lot more, like, technical stuff. Um, there was, like, it, it was different. There, I think something that I've never, like, done in, like, a training was, like, Sometimes to, like, warm up, we would do, like, these, like, really, like, fun, like, handball or something like that. And, like, I was, like, I never would have expected that, like, in Europe, you know. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, real strict, like, no fun kind of mentality. But, like, we had, like, a lot of fun. And I think that also helped, like, the team relax, like, being in a position, like, where we were in first and, like, not trying to lose that first place position to the teams coming up behind us, I think that was definitely different and like technically we would always be working with the ball doing stuff with the ball so um that was that was what was different where with like sporting it was like intense all the time which was also good but which helped me prepare but I think it also helped me realize like oh yeah like football is fun still like it's not always serious 100 like percent of the time like we have times like where we can have fun so that was also good for me too You did do well over
1: there. So was there any ever plans of a permanent move? Did you want a permanent move? What was your mindset and how did that kind of work out at the time?
2: Like I said, I went over in like that January window. So that was like the second half of the season. So like I got a break again in the summer a little bit. And then when I went back over for preseason, the last like preseason friendly before the season started, I broke my foot again. I re like broke the fifth metatarsal and it was kind of unlucky because it got infected and I had to stay a little bit longer than I wanted. But there was plans to, like, stay in Porto, and I, I just think they didn't meet the buyout. Um, they didn't have the money at the time. I think a little financially, like, they, they brought in a lot of players. That's when they were, like, buying, like, Octavio and all those guys. The, the plan was to see what happens, really, like – if they wanted to buy me, I would stay. But if not, I had another – I only had one more year on my deal with Sporting Kansas City. So uh, I kind of had the freedom to, like, choose from there. That was the plan. And for me, it's always kind of just go with the flow, you know.
0: That's that's my vibe. Did they ever try to come back, like, and offer you a contract after you were done with Sporting Kansas City, or that moment just kind of passed?
2: No, I think that moment just kind of passed. I think uh, – there was a lot of good like use in academy and stuff coming up through the academy it was at center back as well so I think they just like rolled the dice there and kind of were hoping
0: that like the academy kids could uh step into the first team since you've left MLS like some of the academy stuff has changed you know uh mm-hmm. comparing your experience then and now like do you see any like shifts or changes in like MLS as a whole or is it really the same kind of stuff underneath it all I mean, like, watching the MLS now, I can see a lot of the young guys getting a lot of minutes
2: and stuff throughout, like, all the clubs, not only, like, certain clubs. Like, back when I was playing, it was, like, a lot of FC Dallas, New York Red Bull, those guys, like, really promoting their youth. Now I can see a lot of the clubs promoting their youth. I think with the academy set up, too, um, I know at Sporting Kansas City now, like, the first team in – First team has moved away from, like, the old training facility and moved to a new one. So, like, the academy's got, like, pretty much a whole training facility to themselves. So, like, they have their own locker rooms and everything. So, I think whereas, like, when we were growing up, like, we didn't have all that, which is – I think it's a big, big step for those, like, those kids because it really brings them into that professional environment really early on from that I think they're starting now, like, academy at, like, U12 now. It's only getting better because starting at a younger age, you can only – improve yeah and so
1: obviously mls didn't necessarily work out and you found yourself in europe for a couple years now and your second season in austria and there have been a lot of improvements to your game you know a lot of people have specifically said your passing you know has gotten better so is there something you individually decided to work on or is that something the coaching staff kind of mentioned and worked on you with
2: no, nah, I think for me, I've kind of always thought passing for me, playing out of the back was one of my like strong strong qualities. I uh, I don't think I've necessarily like changed a lot in my game with Manchester. My lone coach is like Julian Lescott, so we we go over things a lot, like like body positioning on certain plays. Um, like I know like once a month now it's different now that like Corona, but like once a month now we go over video and like watch like some of the games back and he'll like say what I could have done differently. Usually it's like we try to pick out the negative stuff so like we can improve on it. But like, and like if there's positive, obviously he'll say like the positive stuff, but it's it's so good having a guy like him who's like been in those situations, like played with England, had so many cabs and he's such a good dude. And he sees the game just so clearly, I think. And I think it really helps me understand like what I need to do as a center back. And, um, what I do good and what I can definitely improve on. And I think those are the adjustments that I try to make to my game. Cause I take his word like very seriously. And I think he's uh, a great role
0: model for my position, obviously. That's great. I'm glad you guys are having some communication, but how, how often are you guys speaking? Is you said like once a month or is it more frequent? Than
2: yeah, that? No, more than, once a month we do like the video chat with like the video guy, video analysis dude that breaks up the clips. But like we talk after every game we message He'll, he'll message me and ask, like, how I think I did. And then, like, he'll break down the clips the next day. Like, he'll go over the game that night, watch the gamer the next morning, and then send me the clips of, like, what I did well, what I did bad. And then after – the month we get with like the video guy on like a zoom call and like we'll go over the clips and stuff
1: now we're kind of down this whole manchester city road so you know at the time you didn't have the uk work permit so a lot of people had questions about that so how did that move come about and why you decide it was the right one at the time
2: yeah i think for me like the move came about it was after the u20 world cup so uh, again I, I was out of contract with sporting kansas city like i had six months left in my deal And so teams were able to sign me on a free and like the, I had interest from like PSB and other teams in Holland, but like the deals were only like only a two year deal or two and a half year deal. I think that's kind of how they do things in Holland with foreigners anyway. Um, So like there wasn't much like security in like the long term. and Manchester came in with a four year deal. And I think for me, that was just the biggest thing with security and like, Two years, wasn't really sure if, you know, if things work out in Holland, if they don't or whatever, whatever happens after those two years, at least after four years, I can give Europe a shot, really, kind of thing, and I think that was my idea behind it, is to give Europe a shot, because that four, four, four and a half year deal was definitely the only realistic thing to do, because I think only two years it's not really a shot you're not giving your dream your dream a shot at least with four years i can keep improving seeing how my game improves or if it's not for me at least i gave it a shot kind of thing
0: i mean going back to your loan move this year this is like the first time almost five years that you've had like the same team for two consecutive years what's what's that stability like and did you think this was going to be where you were going to come back after last season
2: Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. I think that's something that we talked about like with city a lot was like how they see in their loan system. Like they go over a lot of the loans and stuff like that. And they like to use like Angelino who's obviously doing really well at Leipzig right now um, as like the model. But like they were saying like the first year is always like, it's a little difficult to go out on loan away from your club and stuff like that. Second year is like one of those years you never know. And the third year is when you kind of come into your own and, like, most of the guys start figuring out, like, how loans work out and, like, how they can progress as a player. And they do progress as a player in their third year. And I think for me, something that I always lacked was, like, that stability, like you said, um, or the comfortability of, like, being in the same place. I think every year if you move and you move – You always, you meet new teammates. You have to prove yourself again. You have to find stuff that you like, you know, like find a new apartment, maybe a new language, all these things like that kind of adds on. And I think after last season playing in Austria, living in Vienna, it for me was kind of like, if it's possible, I want to come back. Like, I think I did well last season. I think, there's a chance especially like with our new coaching staff with Peter Sturger and the team that we kept a bunch of the young guys and stuff like that I think we can do better than last year and that's just something that I wanted to do I wanted to have that stability a team that I knew that kind of thing and for me it's just been the ideal situation to come back to Austria even if it's maybe not the most attractive league or whatever but for me it's It's been good to play game in, game out, play against some of these teams. You know, you play Salzburg twice a year, hopefully four times a year. And uh, teams like Lask and Wolfsburg, who are also in Europa and stuff like that. So you, you play good quality teams. And I think for me, it's just to challenge myself and be playing as many games as possible to improve. I think that's can't really replicate game situations and training and stuff like that and to be in those competitive
0: games week in week out that's that's my goal do you you ever talk to Jesse March after you're playing uh, against Salzburg
2: yeah so the first game I talked to him a little bit before Uh, we were away but after the second game I didn't get to talk to him much we tied it up late in the game I, I scored that header and he just said congratulations and that was kind of. I think he was pretty obviously upset, like with the draw, because they probably should have came away with three points. But you know,
1: I guess just shifting gears a bit, we talked about your club career, trying to find consistency. But in terms of national team, you're probably you know going through the youth ranks, one of the most consistent people has that's come to U20 World Cups, Concacaf Golden Ball at your second U20 World Cup. Couple you know publications said your best XI. So clearly, from the youth ranks, you went all the way up, had success there. And full national team debut, and obviously there's no international window right now. But you now, have you been in contact with Greg Berhalter? And you know, how do you see yourself fitting to a system?
2: Uh, yeah, no, I actually I haven't been in contact with Greg. Um, I've been in contact with like the assistants and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I think for me right now, it's something that actually Peter Vermees told me when I was a bit younger, <laughs> and. I used to always like really look forward to going to those youth national team stuff and stuff like that because I wasn't playing much with Kansas City. It's kind of stuck with me now. It's, uh, it's, it's on your club career and do well with your club, and then the national team opportunities will come. And I think for me that's something that's kind of stuck with me now because I look back and I see, I see that I wasn't playing much in Kansas City, and I was like really excited to go to those like youth national team camps and stuff like that and hopefully get playing time there. And now I see that like I was looking at it complete opposite way where it should be focusing on my club and doing the best I can with my club team to hopefully get pushed on to the national team, stuff like that. But in terms of like how I fit into Greg's system, I think he's a coach that wants to play out of the back. He wants to build up. He wants to have the ball and pushes right back inside and stuff like that. And I've talked to some of the guys like Tyler and, all of them, and obviously I've talked to uh, Jason Christ with the 23s who try to, like, implement the the same system as Greg, and I think for me that's that's where I want to be in a team that wants to have the ball, that wants to play out of the back. I think that kind of suits my strengths where even if we push the right back inside that as a center back, I feel like I'm an athletic center back. I can cover that right back side or either left or right. doesn't matter. So for me, that's it's a system I'm really interested in, Seeing, I, I haven't been able to do too much work under Jason either, but, like, hearing about it from the guys and being able to see see some of the games uh, when the national team was able to play,
0: uh, yeah, it's something that I'm really interested. But uh, also just talking about, like, in November, everyone's talking that's going to be a Euro-only camp, and you mentioned that you haven't had, like, direct contact, but are you anticipating a call or hoping for a call then? Yeah, I mean...
2: It's all in the air. I, I don't know. Because, again, with this whole corona thing, I mean, like, I've, I've been talking to some of the guys, like Tyler and stuff. We have, like, a group message going um, about that camp. But I hope to get called in. But, again, I just don't know if everything's actually set in stone with, like, corona and, like, how it will exactly all work out. Like, because that staff still has to get over here. And I don't know if they have to, like, leave, like, a month early or – how that exactly works because they'll have to quarantine for a certain amount of time. So I'm just not – I'm not sure how that all works. So, again, that's I think where it comes into just focusing on, like, the club because we still got, what, two or three more games before that international window. So staying fit and healthy for those games. And obviously, like, with the corona going around, I saw, like, Weston just picked it up and stuff like that. So it's, it's stuff like um, getting over
0: being healthy. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, no, it's an unbelievably tough time, and we're definitely hoping it feels better. Yeah, it's crazy. There's really nothing you can do. You're like, I hope that we can play, but we just don't know. Exactly. That's the kind of, I think, that's the biggest thing. It's just staying positive, and I think
2: all the guys want to play. And I think, obviously, right now, there's a lot of attention on the European guys. Uh, You know, you got Chris at Bayern. You got Gio at Dortmund. You know, Christian's getting healthy back at, like, Chelsea. Tyler... I mean, it's it's something to be, I, I'm excited.
1: We talk about it every week, how excited we are. And obviously we would love a November camp, but the great thing is, which we've talked about too, is even if we don't get a camp in November, next I'm summer, excited. there's so many things going on. Yeah, World Cup qualifiers, Gold Cup, Olympics, Olympic qualifiers. I guess for you, that's so many opportunities. Is there anyone that specifically like would trust, or you would try to make, or just how excited are you just to be in the mix for those?
2: Uh, yeah, like you said, I think I'm just I'm super excited. I'm excited as like a football fan. I'm excited as like a player. I think obviously the big one for me is being in any of the camps with the full national team. But I think Olympics is really important too. I think even before. Like we were talking, I was talking with Jason and some of the guys, and just how important it is to kind of set that tone to qualify for the Olympics. Uh, I think that'll be a big deal for our group and just for U.S. soccer in whole, because in a whole because we haven't been to the what last two Olympics, two or three, and I think obviously last year that would have been my age group, and they're bringing it back a year, so I think. That's something that I definitely have in the back of my mind that we want to qualify for that and just be able to go to Tokyo and be in the Olympics. And I think that'd be a really cool cool competition to be in.
0: Yeah, I agree. That would definitely be a great experience. I would definitely be yeah. jealous. But I'm yeah. curious, like, you know, you've been in the youth system for a while and you talk about how Jason Christ is on the similar page as Greg Berhalter. Have you noticed, like, a change in, like, the culture from the national team in terms of, like, a holistic approach?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the idea of like bringing in that new staff and everything. I think Greg has got a lot of the players to like be excited to be called into the national team. I think that was something that some people touched on and I think it's that it's a competition that it's not like, Oh, you're guaranteed your spot. If you're not playing, like, even if you're not playing that kind of thing, I think it's, it's something where like whoever's playing well is going to get called in. And I think that's, that's really important. Uh, in a national team to still create that competition um, because it shouldn't just be like the guys that are, you know, maybe at a bigger club or whatever. I think it should be where it is strictly like competition. I, obviously, you bring your best players and what fits your system the best, but at the same time, you got to bring the guys in who are, you know, playing well, who are in good form. And I think that's a lot of what the national team is trying to focus on now is bringing those guys that are, that are playing well, you know, in good form and, you know, competing in week in week out. I think that's also important because again, you can't replicate those game situations. And uh, I think that's kind of what the new group has brought in with that. And obviously, like, obviously I think that brings ac- excitement into the group because, you know, competing against those guys that are playing at, you know, those big clubs and stuff like that and trying to show what you're worth too.
1: Yeah. You mentioned all these guys playing well alongside you at center back. You have Mark McKenzie who's doing well in MLS, Chris Richards at Byron. So all these guys preferring well in their respective leagues. So how are you trying to separate yourself from, from that group?
2: Like you said, I think I'm so excited. Like as a player, I'm excited because like that competition brings, you know, it brings everyone's game up. I think, you know, watching Mark and Chris and all these guys performing well like, at center back, like Justin Glad even, you know, it just – Miles Robinson, it, it it brings on that pressure of like, you know what, i got to be at the top of my game if I even want to get a look. And I think that just makes the national team better. That makes me as a player better. And, yeah, for me it's – I'm excited for them. I want them to do well, and I hope it's the same for them. But for me it's just bringing that competition and just – being able to, you know, accept it and just be excited for them, and just try to keep pushing my game to the next
0: level. That's great. I love. I love the team spirit. It's very encouraging to hear that. And just yeah. on the same note, you mentioned Tyler Adams in your group chat. Is he like the closest one, the person you're closest with? Me and Tyler. Yeah, I, I talk to Tyler, Jeremy Obogasi and Eric Williamson a lot. And
2: then me and Josh keep in touch a lot. Talk to Josh, but yeah, Tyler's probably the one I'm closest with. We talk a lot. He. Last year, around this time, he was here um, while he was doing treatment and stuff like that. He was here in Vienna visiting me, him and his girlfriend. So yeah, Tyler's probably the one I'm closest with.
0: That's great. I'm glad. I'm. It's just so nice to see like everyone's like hanging out and things like that, like team camaraderie and stuff like that. And like you know,
2: I think like I said in Portugal, I, I felt kind of like distance from my friends and stuff like that. But like here, like you know, like there's other players in the same situation as you and. Obviously, I've grown older and stuff like that, but like now, you know, we're competing and we can also be friends and like communicate. So it's it's, it's a good good atmosphere.
1: Yeah. So I guess what I, I'd want to ask is, around five years ago, you were in Porto. You know, five years later on, who knows? Maybe you would have said, you know, would I be playing for Man City on Man City's books? So I guess kind of knowing, you know the path your career is on right now, I'd at another five years, you know, where do you think you're going to be?
2: that's a good question wow so i'll be i'm 23 now 28
1: 28 be a grizzled veteran
2: yeah (laughs) hopefully on that like oh man that 2026 squad i just want to be in that mix i want to be on that team so bad i think in general yeah i just want to be at the top of my game somewhere. I feel like that's like the age Virgil van Dyke's I look up to him as a player, you know, and I just want to be at the top of my game. Uh, Club wise, obviously, it'd be great to be at Manchester City. But for me, it's just to be at the top of my game. That really is what it is. I think you look at a guy like Virgil van Dyke and you see him dominating the Premier League, you know, like there was a stat, like, last year that no one's, like, dribbled past them for a long, like, however many games or whatever. Like, that's just my goal, I think, to be one of those just dominant center backs that, you know, you're going to do those, like, consistent performances out of week in, week out.
0: We have a couple fun questions. So the first one is, what's, like, the best song that no one's heard of on your pregame
2: playlist? good question. I'd have to look. There's one that I think, I mean, that no one's heard of, though.
0: Or just like the like one. What's like? What's the like the one you have to have before the game?
2: Oh, right above it by Drake and Lil Wayne. Right above it. Yeah. That's the song I always go to. Just get right in there, get in the zone. Yeah, yeah. That's that that song gets me in my zone.
0: That's a that's a yeah. that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, and then I remember I
1: I saw this video on U.S. Soccer. It was you, Tyler, Josh, and Cameron Carter-Vickers. You know, t- talking about who's who's the fastest, and it's I think we're probably a year or two removed from now. So, you know, what what's the verdict on that, you know, me. looking back it's at me. it?
2: It's still me. I I will race all of them. <laughs> Whenever I, run, I I will race them. I will meet Josh in St. Louis, Missouri, Cam in London. It doesn't matter, I'll race all of them. So, I'm actually
1: gonna hate to break this to you right now. Eric Palmer Brown, 66 pace. Josh Sargent, 79 pace.
2: 79. So,
1: so that is a 13-point pace difference between the two of you. Yeah,
2: FIFA, FIFA's got to – I got to meet these FIFA ratings, guys, because I, I'm really interested to see, like, what they're doing with some of these guys. I mean, I saw, like, Christian's card was, like, an 80, 82 or something like that. Yeah, that,
0: that is criminal. That's, like,
2: unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. So I, after that, I was just like, yeah, it's definitely difficult because you can't give, like, players, like – a 99 card and them not be able to go up and do any better so i understand it but at the same time some of the ratings i think are ridiculous
1: tyler adams is also a 76 pace so tyler is 10 higher than you for pace josh is 13. cam is 63 so you're slightly faster
2: yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> i, th- I, think-, I think cam's probably faster than josh too i Ooh. think josh will be the slowest of the four and he's
0: got the highest pace Jeez, we got to get Josh to come on here and we can figure this out. We, we, yeah. we can host it. We'll host the official race. Yeah, get yeah. Josh on there
2: and ask him if he'd beat me in golf because that's a no too. He wouldn't beat me in golf. Do you know your handicap? Are you like a legitimate golfer? I golf. I, I haven't been able to golf that much like during season, obviously, but probably like I did it in the Netherlands and I like got my handicap there and it was okay. 15 at the time or 14. Are you the best? Do you think you're the best golfer on the national team? No, I, I don't. i probably not. Uh, I think Walker might golf a lot.
0: Mm. I, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know on that one. That's a that's a good question. That's a, That's our next thing. We're gonna go into. We're gonna figure out who's the fastest and who's the best golfer. Fastest yeah. and best golfer. That's, yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> so I guess another fun one off of that is is you're Eric Palmer Brown. You're, you're three named center back, and Cameron Carter Vickers is a three named center back. Who, who's the better three named center back?
2: Uh, that's a great question.
0: <laughs> I love playing
2: with Cam too. He's a, he's a beast, you know. So I'll give I'll give it to Cam. I, I love playing with Cam. Uh, it's it's all love for me. So I'll give it to Cam.
1: I guess which striker you know would you love to come against? Who's your dream matchup?
2: I, I want to play against the best. You, I want to play against like Ronaldo or Messi. Obviously, those are the two that that come to mind right off the bat. Obviously, they can do some pretty dirty things to you, but. You want to challenge yourself against the best, so for me, it's those two awesome, man. Well, I think that wraps it up for
0: us. George, you have any more questions? Uh, no, just like Matt said, thank you so much, man. It was great yeah, talking man. to you, man. really, yeah, really you appreciate it. It was, fun. it was a lot of fun, thank you guys. Awesome, good luck with everything. And so, we'll say, Go, go city for you, and good luck with the season. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, take it easy. And that wraps up our interview with Eric Palmer-Brown. I do want to thank Eric for his time and George for your time as well. It was great speaking with him. And if Cameron Carter-Vickers or Josh Sargent is listening, come on the pod. We'll debate this who's the faster player topic. And we'd be happy to host the official track meet for U.S. soccer if anyone's interested in that. No problem. But George, do you have any final remarks? Yeah, I think um, I just want to say Eric Palmer-Brown says he is faster
1: than... In- Tyler Adams, Josh Sargent, and Cameron Carter-Vickers. He was not shy about it, even in the slightest. So all I'm saying is, if you guys are really friends, you guys will put this race together, and you will make U.S. soccer fans happy for probably the next 10 years. Tell me honestly right now. Do Do you think Eric is the fastest? I do think Eric is the fastest. And that is with no bias, but Josh, if you want to come on the pod, maybe next week I'll say you're the fastest
0: yeah we'll see you know whoever comes on we'll we'll, we'll entertain the possibility so we'll, we'll see but again i want to thank eric for his time and thanks everyone for your patience we, again we will plug the Kaden clark interview in the bio below and please rate review and subscribe